lesson four, and uh, today's day 10. It's a uh, create and share, so here we are. And I want to walk through the create and share with you, and I give you some of my um, ideas and my rationale, what I was thinking about this and, and hoping it would be for you. And um, if you're like me, then going through these last chapters in Corinthians have been really challenging. Uh, it's been uh, not as much scripture to cover, but so much to really think about and evaluate. So as we've been moving through chapter eight and then nine, and like I said, kind of shorter chapters um, and then longer, uh, we've uh, we've covered quite a bit, and it's hopefully given you some chance to think about what Paul, what it was what it was like, what it looked like for Paul. And I've kind of been moving as and thinking as through, in a sense, the mission that Paul was on. And uh, so that was what led me to write the Create and Share and uh, kind of get us going in that direction because that was my thought process. I couldn't help but notice just the laser focus uh, of Paul, especially through these passages that we've been studying. So let's take a look at that. Uh, again, this is on lesson four. We're on day 10. Of course, it's the Create and Share. Uh, so it's on page 108 of your study. And I'll just go ahead and read and follow along and then we'll talk about it, okay? So corporations have them, small businesses, nonprofits, schools, even churches have them too, a vision and mission statement. Organizations create vision and mission statement to clarify their purpose for existing, to keep their purpose focused, and to communicate to the world why they do what they do. They add, um, then they add a strategy that supports where they're going and how they've defined why they exist. Starting a vision and mission and laying out a strategy is a powerful way to clarify your focus. You don't have to be a corporation to have one. With a vision and mission strategy plan, you can keep yourself from overcommitment. Anyone struggle with that? And stay involved with what is most helpful and most importantly, in line with your calling in Christ. Starting vision mission, many people move through life getting up, taking care of the day's tasks, dealing with issues and basic needs, planning a vacation or a play date here and there, heading to bed and doing it all over and over again. Having a vision with a mission and a strategy will tighten up your life's focus, help you keep things on track with what you've been called to be and do, and give you the specifics to help you stay focused with what's most important in life as a Christian. Vision is the picture of where you're headed. You can see it there as you imagine looking to your future, who you are becoming, what you see yourself doing, where you're going. Mission is the actions you'll take that move you toward that vision. Strategies are specific things, often daily or weekly, you'll do with your mission, a mission, <laughs> with your mission to get to that vision. <laughs> So I have found it confusing to start thinking through these words um, in the past. And I've been on boards. I've been um, in a school. We came up with a vision and mission statements. I've been involved in church setting a vision and mission statements. I've been involved in this church, our, our La Mirada church, and setting that. And it, it was always a bit fuzzy out there. And so I've, I really tried to think that through and make sure I could communicate that in a clear way now that I find myself understanding it more. And hopefully that will help you understand it and you won't be left fuzzy. But even if you do, it's okay. 
go through the process and I guarantee you, like me, you'll come out better understanding it at the end. And don't worry, no one's gonna grade this. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be you, what you're thinking about. So I've written out these steps here, all five of them, to help you get that ready to go and plan that so that when you go on to the next page, you'll be able to fill in this chart on your own and think it through or create your own bigger, cooler chart if you want to. Number one, read chapters one through 10 and highlight key verses that point to ultimate truths for your life. Many of these are in the verses we've been memorizing in each lesson. And if you've been with this Bible study all along, then that probably is something that's kind of already happened organically as you've gone through. As you've come across a verse, you've read it and went, whoa, and like me, you know, sat there and highlighted it. So listen to this from chapter one that I highlighted. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discerning of the, the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. So this struck out to me just that powerful message of that, again, that focus, what, what the mission is about, the cross, right? And then um, over in chapter three, in verse 16, it says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. And this is that corporate you that he was talking about. So that stood out to me as well. Um, then moving on over to the end of chapter three, he says, so let no one boast in men for all things are yours, whether Paul or Paulus, Cephas, the world or life, death or the present or the future, all are yours and you are Christ and Christ is God's. Okay. Again, getting that focus, getting that thought process of what our priorities are and helping us go back to truth. Chapter four, um, verse 26, for the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? I should come to you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness. Now, I probably wouldn't pick that last part as a life verse. <laughs> but for me, it was, it was such a powerful visual reminder of who Paul was and what he wasn't afraid to do and how focused he was. He says again, for the kingdom of God doesn't consist in talk, but in power. There's the truth. And then here's what I'm willing to do for that truth. You want me to come to you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness? In other words, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get you to understand that truth. At the end of chapter five, or in the middle actually, and then to the end, um, in the middle of chapter five, verse seven, he says, cleanse out the old leaven. You may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. And then hop over to the end, to the kind of the and therefore part of that. He says, God judges those outside purge the evil person from among you. In other words, Christ has gone to the cross for you. Christ is the Passover lamb. Christ has already made you sanctified, act like it. And it's so important that if you've got somebody inside your church fellowship, get them out if they're living in unrepentant sin. Um, then in chapter um, six, he says, uh, verse 18, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you from whom, uh, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. And so that whole chunk there about sexual purity that's, that's very convicting. It makes me be tight in how I'm behaving and what I, my, I allow myself to think and what I allow myself to see and meditate on and don't bring, not bringing those things to my life. Why? What's the rationale for, for all of that? I'm personally the temple, the God's temple. 
right here. He's in me. And uh, I'm, this isn't mine anymore, right? God purchased it. Thank God he did. Otherwise, I'd have to pay the consequences for my own sin. In chapter 7, verse 7, he says, I wish that all were as myself, but each has his own gift from God, one of a kind and one of another. So this is Paul, of course, the part where he's talking about his gift of being able to remain single. And it's not because I, I picked this because, like, well, that's how we should all be. Obviously, I'm married. But it's laser-focused on Paul's end and his willingness to do what it takes because he's so focused on his mission. Um, chapter 7, again, um, toward the end there, verse 15. But in the if unbelieving part, partner separates, let him be so. In such cases, the partner or sister is not enslaved. God has called you to peace. That, that little end part of verse um, 15 there. So... Again, that focus, what, whatever situation you're in, stop fussing about it. Stay focused on your mission. Be about what God has called you to be um, about. And verse uh, 7 later on, a lot of rich stuff in chapter 7, I mean. Uh, you were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. So, brothers, in whatever condition each was called, let him th remain there with God. And um, in chapter 7 again, verse 32, I want you to be free from anxieties and the unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord, but the married man is anxious about worldly things. And he goes on about um, the anxieties that we faced, whatever situation we're in, that we need to be focused on God. And then he wraps up verse 35. I say these things to your own benefit, not to lay restraint on you, but to promote good order and secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. And Paul's living it out, which is why he can say repeatedly, imitate me. Um, do exactly as I am doing. It goes on in chapter 8, and he's talking about loving God and, and the power of God in our life. And he says, but if anyone, uh, oh, let me back up a little bit. Um, he says, this knowledge, because they're all about the knowledge that they have, this knowledge, it just puffs up. Love is what builds up. If anyone imagines, this is chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. If anyone imagines he knows something, he doesn't know as he ought to know. But anyone, if anyone loves God, he is known by God, right? So there again, there's that focus. It's not about what you know. It's about what you're doing. And what you're doing needs to be out of love, the true kind of love that God recognizes as well. Um, and then verse, chapter 8, verse 13, Therefore, if any food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. Again, back to the powerful testimony of Paul and his willingness to do exactly what it takes. Um, he says in chapter 9, I've made not use of any of the rights that I do have, um, nor am I writing these to secure any provision. For I would rather die than have anyone deprive me from my ground of boasting. And his boasting, of course, is in Christ. He says in verse 21 of chapter 9, To those outside the law, I became as one outside, not being, um, uh, back it up there, as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak. I become all things to all people. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Chapter 10. I don't want you to be unaware, brothers. Our fathers were all under the cloud. And he goes to this whole portion in chapter 10 about everything that they did. And they missed out on the blessing because they weren't willing. Nevertheless, God was not pleased, but they were overthrown in the wilderness. These things took place as an example for us. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Focus, 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 right? Laser focus that we see in, in Paul. 
And then in chapter 10 at the end there, so whatever you do, eat or drink, whatever you do, all for the glory of God, give no offense to Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but they may be, that they may be saved, be imitators of me as I am of God. That's the vision that Paul has. And so we read through those chapters, we make note of those, and secondly, we think about how this is going to help us personally. Raising children, have, helping with your family, wives, how is that going to impact your marriage? What impact can this have on your friendships and your work relationships? When you really start to think about the gospel, the truths that you're learning, it should shift your relationships. It should shift how you talk about yourself and it should shift how you engage with one another. Then number three, consider adding goals. Now goals are specific accomplishments you'll plan that will support your strategies and importantly, they have a deadline. Everything else, vision, mission, strategies, they can feel a little loosey-goosey out there. But when you give yourself a goal, that needs to have a date on it. That needs to say, ah, by this date, I'm gonna do this thing because it fits and I'll talk to you about that more in a minute. So then, you write a vision, uh, a vision, <laughs> I wrote the word vision twice, it should say mission. Uh, write a vision, mission, and strategy for your own life with these verses in mind, for example. So then it's just the example that I have here that you could possibly use this to help you. And I highlighted, make sure I mark that so I can go back there and edit <laughs> that word vision out there twice. If your vision for your life is to, quote, do all for the glory to God, which would be a great vision, your mission might be to mature in my faith, live unselfishly, reach out to people who don't know Jesus. Your strategies might include attending Bible study, having an accountability partner, setting aside daily time in God's word. And then a goal would be by December 1st, I will have completed each day of Bible study. Like if you're doing this Bible study, obviously, and um, you're, you know, it's hard for you to find the time. It's hard for, hard for me to find the time. It's hard for all of us to find the time. Make the time for what we prioritize think it's a party. Maybe that's what you could do. At the end of the year, I will have three Bible verses memorized. Now, you get a Bible verse um, every two weeks in this study. Um, maybe you're doing those. Maybe you're not. Maybe you can start or maybe you are already doing them and you want more. Go for it. Give yourself more. Or I will meet with my study buddy once a week. So um, these are these are specific things that you can do that support your vision and mission. Now remember, number five, goals support the strategies and have a deadline. Strategies support your mission, and your mission is what moves you toward your vision. As always, create and share is a great time to bring friends. Thank you for joining me here. Or your family together to get into God's Word and talk this through. Create, share, and dwell in God's Word together. Keep in mind the specific things you've learned from the past lesson and let those truths help you write your vision, mission, and strategies. All right, there's space on the back, right? Or maybe draw on a separate sheet of paper. Maybe even make a poster if you're a poster person. Either way, have fun and learn a ton as you create and share God's word. So I will walk you through what I did with mine here. You have a space up here at the very top to have your vision. And in mine, I wrote just simple. And I thought about this a lot. I was like, is that too simple? No, I mean, that's everything. If that was my vision, if that's what I was aiming, everything else. And I, I deliberately made it kind of like this, the idea of a vision being out there kind of at an angle. Did I do a good job? <laughs> kind of with the light at the end. It did it in yellow so it would look like it was out there. Anyway, um, so do all to the glory of God. Then my mission, and I'll have to be honest, the mission that we came up with uh, for our church is exactly what my mission is for my own life. Know the word, love like Jesus, and transform communities. 
So it was an easy one for me. I know it, it felt a little bit like cheating because I'm just using our church, but we were all there together when we came up with that mission and it's perfect. So I like it and it worked for me and it works for our church as well. And then strategies, you have four strategies. You could have five, you could have two, you could have one, you should have at least three, um, but you could do more than four. I just put four boxes here in green for you. So green for go. And that the strategies are um, read and teach the Bible. So I, my mission is to know the word, love by Jesus, transform communities. My overall goal is to glorify God in all I do. So I'm on a mission to do that. And my mission will look like this, know, love, and transform. But the strategies I have to help me get there, one is read and teach the Bible. Now, I've, I've been called to be a teacher. I've been a teacher my entire life. I'm teaching in the capacity of a pastor now. But you have a different calling. <clears throat> What is your calling? For me, that's a strategy that works for me because that's that's my calling. So maybe think along the lines of your calling and how that's using that strategy of your calling will help you forward your mission to your vision. So for me, a strategy is to read and teach the Bible. Why? Because in doing that, it keeps me really, I got to be on it. I can't be goosey-goosey with my life. I got to be really focused to get the time I need to to put in the hours it takes to put together a study and to really be into God's word. Next is learn from and with godly examples. So that's a strategy for me. I'm very deliberate about the friends I choose in my inner circle and how I engage with them. I'm also very deliberate and strategic, if you will, with what I allow inside my head. So I, I listen to podcasts a lot. I listen to sermons. I listen to tapes from old churches from back in the day. I reread my dad's notes if I can get them. I reread my mom's and her Bible. These are people that have blessed me and that I continue to be blessed by because I'm intentional about bringing them into my life. That's a strategy. I'm careful about what I allow inside my head. Then I connect with people that are outside my comfort zone. So that's kind of the opposite in a sense, but I can't transform communities if I'm not out in the community. Now, transforming communities is also part of my close circle of my family. And so I don't have a young child anymore living in the home. I have a son who's grown. He's a man. He runs his own business. And so he's part of my community and my mission is to transform that. And so I um, move outside though, that outside of that comfort zone of my community here to maybe the secular world or uh, relationships and, and connections that I find challenging and, and stretch me to be a better person and a more effective communicator. And then finally, I, I support and partner with missions, and that's nonprofits, people that are out there further out than I am that can do what I can't do, but I can give them time or I can give them money or both. And so priority for me in terms of loving like Jesus is loving everybody. That includes unborn children. And so abortion is a very important mission in my life. Uh, and part of the transforming and loving like Jesus is that. So I support very intentionally missions that uh, help moms and families love their children and um, raise healthy babies. And that's a part of what I do on, on uh, as one of those strategies. Now, I gave you a box for three goals. You could have way more than three goals, but uh, and red because it's important and it gives you a deadline. Red for deadline. So my three goals are to study through every book of the Bible, and this is a long-term goal, by 2028. I've written Bible studies and done my, done my work through about a fourth of the Bible at this point, maybe a little bit more, maybe a third. 
Um, but I have a mission in life, and that is to write a Bible study through every single book of the Bible. Ah, you guys are part of that, my goal, my strategy, my mission, and my vision. It's you. You're in there with me as well. So my deadline on that is a ways away, but I plug through because I do it every year, a little bit every year, right? So 2028. Then um, this next deadline is a way closer because it's this Christmas. And most of you know that our house was water damaged back in March, about six and a half months ago of this year, 2022. And uh, we've been living mostly out of our house and then part-time in and just been upside down. You can see I'm in my kitchen finally and the things are about getting into order, but don't look at the rest of the house. It's crazy messy and boxes. <clears throat> so that's been a challenge for me because normally I'd be doing a lot more in the community, in my local neighborhood. So I decided to not let that continue to be a hindrance. I'm going to reach out to my neighbors this Christmas, no matter what my house looks like. <laughs> so there's a goal right there. And that's part of the, the comfort zone community stuff as well. And that's not as easy for me. And then the next one is a physical goal because I know it helps me spiritually if I'm feeling better physically. And that's just to get up and walk daily. Get my vitamin C, well, my vitamin D, not <laughs> C, my vitamin D from the sun. Get out and move. It gives me good think time. And I've been praying as I do walks that I would get to know my neighbors somehow. I would meet somebody as I'm walking around. We'll see. All right, ladies, that is your create and share. And I hope that that helps you to think through and um, create a vision, mission, strategy, and goal for your life. And maybe this is something that you might even sit down and do with your own children. I think, um, I think kids really benefit from things like this. This is something that I've done with my students as I've been a teacher for almost 40, going on 40 years now. Um, and I used to do things like this for my kids. And uh, that, those were like third, fourth, and fifth graders. So you guys, this will be easy for you. So think about doing it with your own family. Check in with your hubby. And maybe you and your husband can sit down and come up with this for yourself. It really does help. It, it, keeps, you that, it keeps you laser focused. The question that I want you to ask as you wrap up this time, and I want to share it especially with just you guys who are listening in on the Create and Share video, is a question that has helped me in my life to make sure I'm staying focused on this. And as my strategies and goals have changed, my vision and my mission has stayed the same my whole life. But this is the question that I constantly come back to to help me make sure what I'm adding in um, or allowing into my life, if it really helps or not. Here's the question. Is what I'm doing helping me or hindering me toward my vision, my mission, my strategies, or is it competing with my goals, my strategies, my mission, and my vision? That's a clarifying question. It's a simple one that you could ask. And before you say yes, before you say no, to even the smallest thing that you allow yourself to do, you could ask, is what I'm doing helping me or hindering me in this vision I'm on, or mission I'm on for this vision that God's given me? I hope that helps you. It has helped me for many years to clarify my focus, to stay on point with where I feel like God is having me do. Am I always successful at it? Nope. <laughs> but when I'm good about asking that question, it really saves myself a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. So um, that's it for our time together. God bless you. Thank you for being here with us. And now